1: Welcome everybody to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly news podcast that discuss news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of February 19th, 2017. I uh, want to first start off, forgive my voice, I'm not sure what the hell is happening to it, <laughs> um, but it's just started kind of acting up today while I was at work, so I'm not exactly sure what the hell's going on
2: there, but anyway,
1: I'm Stephen Vargas.
2: I'm Adam Riley. All right. All right, all right.
1: As Matthew McConaughey would say, all right, all right, all right. Oh, for- all
2: right, all right, all right.
1: Before before we get into um, uh, the show, I wanted to just throw this out there as an alert for all of you. If you fall down that rabbit hole on YouTube like I do, and you know <laughs> you start watching those like conspiracy documentaries or documentaries that are supposed to be telling you the truth. Um, If you ever come across one and it uses the certain adjectives like revered, guerrilla journalist, truther, um, advocate for the truth, and they're all associated with Alex Jones, turn it off. Turn it
2: off immediately. You know what's funny? You texted me that today. And and (laughs) I texted you in the cop. And I forgot my phone did this, so I'm listening to music on Spotify. Uh. It's the only thing my phone does right. The <laughs> Windows Phone.
1: Well, because they do and Spotify the, through like toasters as well. So it's like you know, it's right,
2: everything. And it goes, it goes dunna, and the music dims, and it says, "Stephen Vargas has texted you. Do you wish to read it or ignore it?" I said, "Read it." She reads me the text, and then lets me respond by voice. I was like, "Yeah, the future is now." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was so convenient, just so convenient.
1: <laughs> but yeah, because that's what I was. Uh, that's what I was noticing. Like, because you know, we're looking through those, and they would always go like, "Yeah, revered reporter, you know, investigative journalist Alex Jones." I was like, "Okay, okay, no."
2: <laughs> Let's just. I'm gonna need you to. I'm gonna need you to calm that all the way down. Okay.
1: <laughs> I was like, "Yep, that's how I know." It loses its um. It loses its credibility. So I just wanted to throw that as a public service announcement to all of you. So. uh Thank you. Yeah. So tabletop RPG. Uh, <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah, so I've been um, I used to play Dungeons and Dragons when I was younger. And, you know, you just you just stop playing because there's no one to play with or just you just forget about it. You realize you have no all friends. Was, right. You know. <laughs> Well, now I have built-in friends because I have children. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me let me put some feelers out. Let me see let me see how they feel about doing this. You know. So then I realized that explaining Dungeons and Dragons to someone who's never seen it or played it, y- you might as well be explaining rocket scientists to a fucking mouse. Confusion. Like <laughs> the the looks of huh like all the time. So I finally, I found some videos and I was showing them and, you know, using that Chromecast and shit, got up on a big TV. And I, and I basically told them, it's a it's game of imagination. You sit around the table and, and you can do anything. There's no limitations. I will make it work, you know. And they go, oh, so they're all stoked about it. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go online and I'm like, I'm going to get Dungeons and Dragons books. Yeah, well, Dungeons and Dragons is a little expensive. <laughs> I was like, God damn. Because I don't, I still don't know. Like they could play it and go, "Oh, I'm not really into it." That's fine, right? You know, so I'm like, I don't want to invest that much money. And they have the free rules and stuff, but I ain't about that life. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like I, I want, I want some real shit. So I found this other RPG, and it's weird. There's this whole thing going on, it's open source, like games basically. And they'll make, they'll make the game system, and then you can edit it. You can do whatever you want. You know, and there's a whole license around it. It kind of reminds me a lot like Linux um, in licensing. And this one – and <laughs> the name is not very inventive, but they named it Basic Fantasy. So um, essentially this is emulates – Is a game
1: or is that like porn? Because it kind
2: of goes either I mean, way. It's, <laughs> listen, it's whatever you want it to be. <laughs> no, it's – um the interesting thing about it is it, it emulates an old school kind of Dungeons & Dragons. It was like second edition. Like it's more – it's, it's what they call rules light. So it's okay. not like Dungeons and Dragons has become. You buy the the two main books. So you have the player's guide, the player's manual, the dungeon master manual, and then you'll have the monster manual if you want to get crazy. And then there's other books. There's rules compendiums, and there's fucking other books that add more rules and books about rules and like <laughs> and it's it sounds lame, but it can be. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be fun, but there's a lot of prep work now. Cause cause really only the the DM or the, or the GM needs to know the person running the game needs to know the rules. The other ones will figure it out. So there's another thing. I'm like, fuck, I'm gonna have to pour over this book. You know? And I was like, you know what? Let's check out this basic fantasy. Basic fantasy is legit. Um, you can download the entire game for free the um books on the website so the main the players slash dungeon master guide because they're the same book you can download their monster they call it the field guide um and all the adventures that they made for them too or campaigns are free so i'm like oh shit but i wanted you know a little hardcover stuff uh or books so i could read it and not be sitting in front of my computer so they sell it at cost so you go to amazon and the book's five bucks You know, I'm like, this is, this is out of control. Cause then if the kids, if the kids get into it, I can, I can theoretically buy them all a copy of the book so they can, you know, learn the rules by themselves. Um, so I've been getting this together. I bought the dice, I bought the books, I, I got my little dungeon masters binder put together with some extra shit like this. This has been my life for a week and a half, just constant gaming prep. I'm, I'm getting a fucking getting miniatures together everything it's going to be the dopest fucking thing you've ever seen in your life <laughs> super excited about it and I just kind of wanted to throw a little plug out for basic fantasy um, if you've been thinking about like if you heard about Dungeons & Dragons you want to get into it or if, you, if you're if you a long time player and you're just like damn I want that old school feel you know what I mean like something a little because it, it's old school but they modernized a few things that needed to be modernized right. like old, old math Stuff like that. Um, now it's all in Common Core. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and they simplified a few things, stuff like that. If you ever, if you want to check it out, definitely go to BasicFantasy.org. Um, they have a huge community that's constantly making things and adding to the game. And the, the game's made by one guy. Um, let me. Well, he, this one guy, invented it. It's not. Just one guy making <laughs> making everything. That'd be a little weird. Let me see. Oh, fuck his name is not on the front page. Oh yes, it is. Chris Gonerman. Um So yeah, basicfantasy.org. Um, the forums are dope. They have all kinds of people have added classes, races, equipment. They make their own adventures, and they have a whole like kind of uh, system in the forums too, where it's like, oh, I'm testing this, and then you'll see there's like a yellow line over it that says um, under construction, or there'll be another line that says play tested, two so people have played it and it's sound and it works, and they're like, okay, cool, and you can download that shit. You know, it's it's just dope. So, just on it out for the extra nerdy motherfuckers that be listening. <laughs> get your minds right.
1: <laughs> Basically, get yourselves right with God is really
2: what it's. That's right. To. That's right. That's <laughs>
1: right. Oh man, yeah. It's funny you bring up D and D because uh, I started over the weekend. I binged watched uh, Stranger Things. Right, show was, I mean I had you know it came out what, last year and like I saw all these people writing about it and stuff like that and I watched the first episode and I was like oh this is kind of cool and then of course life happened and you know, fell off of it, um, but. You know, I saw the tr- trailer for season two in, um, on the Super Bowl. And then I was like, oh, I should really watch it. And my brother was kind of interested in it. So I'm like, so on one night I was like, you want to check it out? And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead. So we watched two episodes and at the end we were like, fuck, that was cool. Then the next night we watched two more. It's only eight episodes long. So we got, you know, two more. And then on Saturday night, we both I worked, but I was off early and he was off early. So it's like seven o'clock. I'm like, hey, should I throw on um, throw on Stranger Things? He goes, yeah. Boom, we were done by eleven o'clock. We were like, fuck, those episodes seem short.
2: <laughs> I've heard nothing but good things.
1: It's really good. The casting in that show was phenomenal. Winona Ryder is so good. Uh, Matthew Modine is such a dick. Um, but all the the kids are really good. The teenagers are good. Like. It's cool because it starts it's it has three different threads through the whole show and then finally towards the end they start to come together. Um it really kind of go it's takes place in 1983. Um and it opens with the kids playing, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. So, you know, super nerdy kids. Um but you know, they have like, you know, they're into um, one of the kids disappears and he's into you know, he was into music and you know, like people into Star Wars and, and, and Jaws and things like that. And it was just it was just a really well paced and well written series. I was right. I was really, really impressed with it. Um I'm looking forward to season two. I'll probably end up watching season one again just before two comes out. But um it was really cool. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um it does tie up a lot, but then also kind of leaves the threads for next season. So it'll it'll definitely be interesting when it comes back. But uh but I I definitely enjoyed it a lot. So if you've been one of those where you're like, well, I don't really listen to, you know, watch things that everybody talks about, do check it out because if you're it really felt like those you know when you uh well, for those of you that grew up in the 80s, those movies that kind of was centric on You know kids figuring out the situation The government being the enemy It falls on that It's not grotesque Or you know Gory in any way or out for Like You know jump factors none of that But it's freaky like it plays with your mind And um And I I really dug that It It was It was just enough twists At every episode that kept you going Um but I like the fact that it was eight episodes because I think in this kind of show, if it went to 13, it's the middle where you start to lose people because you're just kind of having that, you know, stories just to to get people to hang in there till the end. I thought this was a perfect, uh, 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 a perfect number of episodes. So if you haven't checked it out, do, like I said, it's on Netflix. Really, really great stuff. You'll enjoy it. Will I? I think you will. Oh Okay, I think I think you'll actually you'll actually appreciate it a bit.
2: But will I though? I think you it will. It's like now nah, just being dicks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, uh, but that rain though,
2: um, yeah, California went yeah. through uh, some shit. Well, um, northern
1: Northern California is still going through some shit right now. Um, Oroville has that dam that they keep trying to release water to keep it from overflowing. They have an evacuate evacuation order in this, uh, Manteca, which is up in Northern California because, um, some place are going to overflow their banks there where I live in LA five and a half inches of rain in one day.
2: Shit. Yeah.
1: We haven't had that for like, what was it? 13 years was the last time we had that kind of rain. Um, yeah, it was fucking crazy here. If you guys have seen the news, I mean, we had sinkholes popping up over here, you know, just flooding and and they closed down the the 5 at some point because it got so deep, water was flooding into cars and shit. It got crazy out here. Arizona not so much.
2: <laughs> um, so Arizona had its own version, so the <laughs> storm, the storm itself um, came here uh, much like a lot of storms in California that come off the ocean they end up over here um, it wasn't bad at all um, and uh, the biggest problem in Arizona we get with storms is wind mm-hmm. like the rain we can deal with but all of a sudden it's like this fucking hell wind that comes and Then it, it looks like it's raining up that we, like, you're like yeah. what the fuck we had that too and, Right, and we didn't have that that much the one thing, though, is that it, it just wouldn't stop fucking raining. Yeah. Like it, w- it was just dumping and dumping. And, and there was a little bit of flooding, nothing too bad, though, because it was a moderate rain. But Arizona's ground is not designed for rain. It's like cement, you know? <laughs> so after a period of time, like the, the lines for my internet, for instance, they, um, they flooded over. My internet went out for a few hours. Like it was out till like midnight until the water cleared. Because one thing about Arizona, once it stops raining, instant evaporation. Everything's just start going <laughs> just melting back <laughs> into the sky. Um, so, but it was enough where I could tell it was bad yeah. in of in in California. Like I was like, fuck, it was no joke in California. Like I I can tell right away, you know. So I'm glad you survived.
1: Yeah, it was it was fucking crazy. Like it was it was the bad wind where. So many people's umbrellas got destroyed um, But like an umbrella was kind of fruitless Not the umbrellas Because <laughs> it was like Because it was fruitless Like I was just going up the block To get into work And it was just like Anything that covered my head Which was my umbrella Was fine Anything outside of that Was wet right. So it was just like Everything from the waist down You know was just completely wet It was ridiculous But I mean, I was I was at work and we look out the I hear somebody go Oh my god! And you look out the window and literally the it's going sideways, the wind's blowing so hard you're seeing it whip the water off people's roofs. It was just like, this is fucking wild. Like we've never had that before, but it was crazy. Like it was.
2: Yeah, it's kind of how our our monsoon season is here. Yeah. Like it gets really nuts and everybody freaks out. <laughs> because no one like that's the only time it really rains. Right. I was like, "Fuck, we're all gonna fucking die, bro!"
1: Like you know, you see that newsfeed video, that newsfeed video, BuzzFeed. I'm sorry, BuzzFeed video of like rain in LA, and people freak out when it rains. And It's like I've seen this before. Just wait a second, and then it stops. This wasn't that. Like this was an actual like storm watch kind of deal. I mean, you know, so. It was it was crazy. Like we had sinkholes popping up. Um, uh, some guy, some like fifty year old dude was killed. He was walking down the street, and a and a power pole fell over because of the wind and rain. Yeah. Um, they don't know if he came in contact with the wires or if the wires electrified the water. But oh shit! Yeah, but he got he got fried. So it was just like. <clears throat> And it was weird because like <laughs> it was like some like of the craziest shit, in some like some places down in North Hollywood, your like, cars were stalling out because the water got so deep. Yeah, it was it was pretty intense. So yeah, so I stayed home that weekend. <laughs>
0: right, <laughs> as it, you should, as you should.
1: Right. Uh. All right. So we survived that. So I guess now we should go into our one awesome thing. Of course. So my one awesome thing is. In honor of the um, release of Doctor Strange on um, HD, digital HD, and I think next week on Blu-ray, they released a part two of Thor and Daryl. For those of you that may not remember, during Comic-Con, they released a video of where Thor was during Civil War, and he was hanging out with Daryl in Australia. Uh, So now... They continue this story with basically Daryl saying um, I can't pay rent with these and there's a bunch of you know um, Norse trinkets and stuff like that and Thor's there in you know um, surfer shorts and a bike and he's like he's like, these are worth a bazillion of your dollars see there you are you're a bazillionaire oh and another bazillion and another bazillion <laughs> and then he's like nobody's gonna you know gonna pay for these and he And basically the end of the scene is Thor going, he goes, you're not using your brain and your brain is a muscle. Like this is a muscle and this is a muscle. he starts flexing, showing off all the muscles he has (laughs) and saying that he has more brains than Daryl does and that they should get a servant. (laughs) Right. Um, It's it's hilarious because it's kind of like, I kind of wonder like, is Daryl going to be in the Thor movie? Like, is there going to be a moment there with him? There Um, has to be. There has to be. I mean. So, uh, so yeah, you can check out the link in the if you haven't already seen. It, you can check out the link, um, or just go to our YouTube page. It's on um, our movie trailer playlist. It's 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 pretty funny. I love the original, so this should this one should be fun.
2: So, this is this is a quick one, but look, yes. we ain't playing around now. Yes. Now this this had already been announced. Which, let's just cut to the chase. Crash Bandicoot. Sane Trilogy.
0: It's yes. already been announced, but
2: now we have a release date. PlayStation 4, June 30th. Still a bit of a wait. And we got a price. It's going to cost $39.96. Now, why is it going to cost $39.96? You might ask. Um, well, I ask, you know, I ask. $40. $40. Bucks. Right. We have remastered editions of the original Crash Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, and Crash Bandicoot Warped. That's three games, bro. Bro. Okay? Bro. According according to Activision, the remaster offers redone lighting and animations, newly recreated cinematics, and support for the PlayStation 4 Pro. Bro. The Insane Trilogy also adds new save and checkpoint systems because, let's be honest, the new gamers they ain't about that light. <laughs> right. Like they, they, they can't handle that shit. Mm-mm. And improved bonus levels and time trials. The soundtrack has also been remastered. Let's make sure they keep the original soundtrack though, just remastered. I'm pretty they sure I'm pretty sure there. they will.
1: I'm pretty sure. I don't damn.
2: don't want no damn remixes and shit.
1: <laughs> Remix.
2: <laughs> A trilogy of Crash Bandicoot remasters was announced at Sony's E3. Yes, it was. So this game was originally on all 3 of these games. Yeah. Originally on the <clears throat> first PlayStation, which <laughs> they now refer to as the PSX. Oh, um, Jesus, I have. This I think is,
0: I
1: have warped. I think I have warped on my PlayStation One.
2: I think I do too. I have one of them. I think it's. I think I have the third one. Yeah, warped. That's the cool one where you you're in like a center room and you just jump into the almost like Mario sixty four. Right. But um, so for those who don't know, Crash Bandicoot is basically was Sony Sonic or Sony's Mario. It right. was their mascot. And it kind of fell to the wayside. There was there's a big story behind it that I don't remember enough detail about to go into, but it, a lot of like copyright rights and, and the people who were making it were acting foolish, just, just stuff like that. But he's back, and and we can all we can all bet that if this trilogy sells well, you know they're gonna make some new fresh fresh games. Oh yeah, they have to. Yep, these games were so fun, dude. I, I love still these games. I still remember the UndaGo.
1: Yeah, <laughs> every time you got a Yeah, that unica. <laughs> that will, I love that. I love those games. That's going to be fun. I know yeah. what I'm I know what I'm getting. <laughs> All right. So on that note, I think it's time we uh, jump into the headlines. One of the major problems with Sony, particularly their PlayStation brand, is that you never quite know how long it's going to be around. After Sony decided to release their PlayStation Now service, uh, which allowed players to stream PlayStation 3 games on their PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita, PlayStation TV, and various models of TVs, Blu-rays, and toasters, they will no (laughs) longer be supporting it on any except two. In a blog post, Sony announced that starting August 15th, they will no longer be offering the service on all of the following devices. PlayStation 3, PlayStation Vita, the PlayStation TV, all 2013, 14, 15, Sony Bravia TV models, all Sony Blu-ray player models, all Samsung TV models. On April 1st, they will discontinue support for all 2016 models of Sony Bravia TVs. Keep in mind, if you purchased any of these non-gaming related items for the PlayStation Now service, you just completely got screwed. Then again, what? would anyone expect anything different from Sony quote after thoughtful consideration we decided to focus our our that we decided to shift our focus and resources to PlayStation 4 and Windows PC to further develop and improve the user experience on these two devices the blog post reads this move puts us in the best position to grow the service even further if you use any of the above services, we want to give you our heartfelt thanks for your support and we'll hope you continue with us. Remember that all of your PS Now cloud game saves can easily be accessed on both the PlayStation 4 and the Windows PC. If you don't wish to continue your subsci- subscription, please remember to disable auto-renewal in your account settings so that your account ends by April 1st, 2017 on 2016 Sony Bravia TVs and August 15th on all other devices. For three months subscribers depending on when you join the service, your subscription may auto renew a month or two before the service discontinuation date if you do not turn it off. It's not a surprise that Sony has given up on mass marketing of their PlayStation Now. Many times people forget they even offer the service. One of the downsides to the service is the fact that Sony only offers PlayStation 3 games, while some older PlayStation 2 games are offered for sale, but not on the service. Microsoft has been thrashing Sony with their offer of backwards compatibility games, as well as free copies of the games if you have the Xbox 360 game. Sony is prone to do, they come, as Sony is prone to do, they come out with something and fail to follow through with it. They advertise and push the implement impending release of their new service, system, or offering, but once it's released, they don't know how to push it, push for growth. This could be why some people are hesitant to subscribe to PlayStation View because no one knows how long it'll be around.
2: Hmm. Sony's so notorious for that too. Yeah, it's a shame because that was kind of its strong point. Like no one else was doing that out right. of the three consoles. Like you, you had. You Let's had, just uh, say
1: two, because Nintendo wasn't doing a whole lot of anything.
2: <laughs> right, it's true. But like that's one thing that Microsoft kind of lacks. Microsoft doesn't have a mobile platform. Right. But then again, Sony doesn't have a PC platform. So, But I feel that if Sony would – like the Vita. The Vita was legit. It's still the greatest handheld ever created. But they they put stuff out and then go, eh. Yeah. It's almost like they have ADD. They, like They, 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 really they just do, can't. Yeah. They can't muster themselves to, to do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this is
2: fucking crazy. I know.
1: I, I, I love my Vita, but yeah, there's just not a whole lot to it.
2: Right. So, a sad tale, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> is it, though? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, everyone's um, favorite Star Wars character to hate, Jar Jar Binks, they've actually revealed – What his fate was. Misa, a a stupid character. Uh, (laughs) Seriously, what killed that trilogy for me? I'm just saying. (laughs) It's funny because, like, I always, there's times where I go, you know, he wasn't that bad. And then when I watch it, I'm like, oh my God, turn it off. (laughs) Exactly. I just can't. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to read this one Star Wars Aftermath Empire's End, the third entry in Chuck Wendig's novel trilogy set after Return of the Jedi reveals the fate of the clumsy Gungan outcast Jar Jar Binks. According to Mashable, there's an inter, there's an interlude chapter in the book that takes place on Naboo. When we learn that Jar Jar Binks has become a street clown, a refugee boy named Mappo runs into Jar Jar while he's performing for some kids. And the gun, the Gungan explains the circumstances that led to his situation and why he isn't wanted. When asked by the boy why no one speaks to him, he replies, "Jar Jar making some uh oh mistakens, Adding, "I already hate that." <laughs> Disa Disa hissin Naboo, tink I help the uh oh Empire. That was hard to read. <laughs> so you can I read. Oh, the poem. I, oh,
1: I almost felt the accent coming back on you. Coming back on you,
2: <laughs> Jar Jar making some uh oh mistakes. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> You can read the full interlude details Jar Jar's set of Jar Jar's sad fate next week, uh, sometime this week, um, when Star Wars Aftermath Empire's End releases on February 21st. With, I don't even know what the date is today. Um, today, basically, because...
1: Be, yeah, on the day the podcast is released, it'll be today.
2: Right. In the meantime, blah, blah, blah. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, In the meantime, who gives a fuck? I mean... If you're a Star Wars fan, don't don't act like you're not interested. Like you don't have to admit it, but don't act like you're not fucking interested. <laughs> you know
1: what? I'm, so, you know I'm a Star Wars fan, but I don't care. I don't like the character, so for me, it's like I don't really give a shit.
2: I think for, I think for those that read the books, for the, for those that read the books, though, they're probably already reading this trilogy anyway. Right? But you you know you'll look it up, dude. Don't act stupid. No, you're I won't. Look it up
1: I, I will not. I will not.
2: I will. Curiosity <laughs> killed the cat, but satisfaction brought it back. You understand what I'm talking about? Uh,
1: so this is the first time in weeks that we had a DC Cinematic Universe story that didn't involve Ben Affleck. It, seemed, <laughs> it would seem that life in Hollywood seems to be turning around for Mel Gibson. If news reports are to be believed, it would seem that Warner Brothers is looking to court Gibson into directing the next Suicide Squad movie. Once you wrap your head around that, we will continue. Take your time. THR is reporting that Gibson is being re- recorded by the studio for the sequel. But they are quick to say no offers or commitment have been made. Variety has gone a step further and claimed that the studio is also planning to talk with Ruben Fleischer, Zombieland, Daniel Espinosa, Safe House, and Jonathan Levine, Warm Bodies. While fanboys are already circling around what kind of movie Gibson should do, let's take a moment to relax the fanboy fervor and think about it about this rationally. Given that this is the internet, this will make this will be this will make that request a very tall order. The odds of Gibson taking on the studio movie is slim to none. This is one of those stories that has a big DC property and a big name attached, so it gets hits. Bear in mind, Gibson has not, has no, not kept his opinions of comic book movies to himself. Slash Films reported in May of last year that he was offered the role of Odin in Thor. He also told The Guardian what he thought about the current slate of superhero movies. Quote, some are good, some are kind of funny, Guardians of the Galaxy, or the first Iron Man, and some of them are like retreads. I mean, you can watch, you can watch them do Spider-Man five times. He went on to say yeah. about the current slate of films, there is a slight shift in film, but then again, I think all films are suffering from people not being able to, to now open them with their names. It's a different kind of business these days. I think you used to get more variety of stories, films, and performances. You had more of a chance for a profound film experience that's not gone. I think that's been relegated to an independent world. But they have to do it twice as fast for half the money. Gibson's not wrong. Quote, I look at them and I scratch my head, he told Deadline about Batman vs Superman. Quote, I'm baffled by it. I think there's a lot of waste, but maybe... If I did one of those things with green screens, I'd find out different. I don't know. Maybe they do cost that much. I don't know. It seems to me that you could do it for less. If you're spending outrageous amounts of money, $180 million or more, I don't, I don't know how you make that back after the taxman gets you and after you get half of the exhibitors. What did, you, what did they spend on Batman versus Superman? And they're admitting to, it's a piece of shit. Um, of course, <laughs> of course, some in the geek community would say that this is his chance to make a quality film. The, ma- the major stumbling block would be the fanboys that would scrutinize every piece of information, truthful or otherwise, and condemn the film before it was released, i.e. Batman vs. Superman. Not to mention, Gibson is not a studio filmmaker. He's a filmmaker like Quentin Tarantino, who will usher his own scripts and film it the way he wants to, not to fit into someone else's cinematic universe. You heard it here first. Mel Gibson will not be directing this movie.
2: Good. Because <laughs> it would get fucking weird.
1: I, I you know, I mean, there's still, like, I don't know. I, Some people are, like, like hyped on it and thinking, like,
2: oh, what he would do. It's like, no, you got it. I'm, 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 that's I, the weird thing about Mel Gibson. No matter what he does, people always forgive him. Oh, yeah. He's one of those people that you just – I don't know maybe because people remember him from the good old days it, and he doesn't re- to be honest he doesn't fucking bother me i don't care right but it, it's just it's odd how quick people forget
1: well yeah i mean and not only that i think a lot of people tend to you know i mean for now it's been like you know anything with ben and affleck and batman it was like now we're looking at something else other than you know him doing a him doing, you know, suicide squad, it's like I don't see that as actually happening because because, you know, I it just doesn't seem like a fit. Right. I mean, I'll, think of all the think of all the movies he's done, you know, outside of that, you know, that he's directed. None of them would even remotely suggest this kind of a commercial property. Unless he was acting yeah. in it. <laughs>
2: I don't know. I just think um, I think it would. It's interesting that he's attached to anything yeah. big. Well, like he doesn't. A, like I said, he's he an Oscar bother. contender now. Right. Like he doesn't bother me. It's it's just funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So, Kevin Smith making some moves lately. Yeah. Um working on a new BBC America series based on two popular Spawn characters. I'm actually kind of interested in this. Deadline reports Smith is attached to direct write and executive produce a show about Sam and Twitch, uh created by Todd McFarlane. The two characters are NYPD homicide detectives who first made their debut in the Spawn comics uh helping out the titular anti-hero, whatever. Um Due to their Fuck popularity <laughs> yeah due to their popularity they eventually received their own comic book series where the duo go up against an occult and try to solve uh, several grisly crimes uh, quote 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 I bumped into Kevin Smith at Sundance and he is beyond himself excited about this about the show said BBC America and GM Sarah uh, Barnett of course you talk to Kevin Smith about anything and he's excited. Hmm. I think that's one of that's part of his charm. Like, he's so fucking excited yeah. about everything. Um,
1: well, I mean, beyond... think about it. He's a fanboy playing in the Playhouse, you know. That, that would be right. like any of us, you know. It'd be there's like no... him going, hey, Adam, would you like to, you know, come up with a Joker-centric story?
2: Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that and won't there's be no, hard. <laughs> um, there's no other fucking – there's no other information on it other than the announcement. But he has been, you know, he's directed a few um, a few episodes of Flash, Supergirl and the Flash. Supergirl, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's not like it's out of, it's completely out of turn to see him do this. And I think he's got talent. I think he just needs to get something that he's going to be good at. And I like to see him in something a little bit more mainstream. Not to mention for people who are upset about um, Constantine falling off. This might fill that void a little bit because they do deal with the occult um, mm. in a bit of a more comedic fashion, I would say, but still, um, it's, it's something, you know, so.
1: And he's used to that with dogma and stuff.
2: Yeah. So he should, um, he should, did you just say Catholicism was the, the occult? I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, you know.
1: Hey, call a spade a spade, you know. <laughs> <All>
2: right. <laughs> Side note, uh, there's a guy outside. In the um, so outside my bedroom window, you can see the really shitty playground that this place has, mm-hmm. and um, there is a man out there, um, who is just screaming fuck every five seconds like he's really <laughs> angry. And I want there's this stuff like this happens frequently nothing violent, nothing out of control, right. but silly stuff like that. And I remember my, my wife asked me, Why does this happen all the time? Is people acting stupid? I said, Because we live. In Section Eight housing, even though I don't get Section Eight because I make too much money and don't need it. Um, but I did it one time, um, and a lot of people have ha- are financially unstable because they're unstable.
1: <laughs> they're financially unstable because they're mentally unstable.
2: <laughs> exactly. So that's what's happening right now. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there for everybody.
1: A little glimmer, a little, a little glimpse inside the life of of Adam Riley.
2: The things I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis (laughs) so
1: all right so why don't you kick off the comic news
2: (laughs) (laughs) we don't have a cool we have a cool intro to that um (laughs) marvel has announced via entertainment weekly a new monthly spider-man comic called peter parker the spectacular spider-man now okay A new Spider-Man comic really isn't news because it happens every fucking week. But Will, humor me for a second. Written by um, Chip Sardarsky from Star-Lord and drawn by Adam Kubert. I I fucked up my own name. That's kind of fun. (laughs) Adam Kubert um, from all new, all different Avengers. Uh, This series aims to provide readers with a more traditional Spidey status quo while still reflecting current developments in Dan Slott's Amazing Spider-Man. According to EW's spectacular will coexist with amazing, but feature a more familiar New York setting and supporting cast. The series will make its debut in the form of a free comic book day one shot in May with the main series to debut in, uh, June. I scrolled down before I finished the sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, Zdarsky spoke to EW about the connection between the two titles saying with this book, we're using the same Spider-Man in, continui- in c- continuity continuity but shifting the spotlight back to his New York City environment and supporting cast. But even though we're pushing to make it a more personal book, we're still going to have big adventures with ramifications that will be felt in his other books. If I had like a true mission statement for the, ti- the title, though, it would be have fun, have heart, have Stakes. That's cute. Um, Sidarski <laughs> also elaborated on Spidey's status as the perennial everyman hero. Um, quote, Spider-Man is kind of like when you're a kid and you go to camp or a new school and you think, I can be a new person here. But you inevitably end up with the same problems because you're still, you know, the same person. (laughs) Peter can can be having a crummy time of things, but on his Spider-Man outfit, put on a Spider-Man outfit and feel like he can do anything. But inevitably, his Peter luck spoils things, (laughs) even as Spider-Man. And, part of the fun of the character is seeing how he gets out of the holes he digs himself into. Um, so I was interested with this one just because, and, and it even says we'll still have big events. I kind of miss sometimes, especially with Spider-Man, there's certain heroes where I just want it to be that small scale. Right. I'm only dealing with one city, right. you know, and, and, and that kind of fit was so perfect for spider-man because i know he's a super powerful character but he's not thor you know Mm. what i mean so so it was always more interesting to me to see him handle um new york and new york problems you know and and they've they've he's and of course it's due to his popularity right they've expanded him so much you know so it's it's i thought this was interesting to see something a little different
1: yeah, no, it's it's cool for him to get back to Basics because, yeah, I mean, some of, like, especially in Amazing, it's it was a pretty big story. Um, although lately, it's pretty much been all kind of side stories to what's going on in, in the clone conspiracy. So there's not, like, one major story going on with that. So it'll be interesting to see a kind of, you know, I guess, in essence, get back to Basics. Right. But, Um, So, it was only a matter of time, people. It seems that Warner Brothers has been loving crossing DC characters with anyone else on their roster. Batman has been teaming up with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and soon to be with The Spirit. But it seems that they will be teaming up with Looney Tunes. DC via CBR did a very short press release for the crossover. Stay tuned, Jonah Hex, Yosemite Sam, Martian Manhunter, Marvin the Martian, Lobo the Roadrunner, Batman, Elmer Fudd. There is no news as to when this crossover will come out, but we'll see some pretty nifty artwork. You can actually see some of the artwork on the uh, lazygeeks.com where you see Batman's image with, you know, a stylized Elmer Fudd crouching down. So there's some interesting stuff on there. So I'm kind of, huh, not sure about it. (laughs) I'm not sure if they're trying to make the DC characters a little more, Likable or the Looney Tunes character a little more gritty? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I think they're just, the, just companies always go through this period of just like let's mash everything, right? You know, and and you just have to wait it out <laughs> and then hope for the best.
1: Mm.
2: It's really, I a mashup's cool when it makes sense,
1: right?
2: When it when it like doesn't Teenage make Mutant sense, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
1: like, and Batman, right?
2: no that didn't make any sense i thought it was cool because i liked both of them but it doesn't make any fucking sense like you know what i mean like that's right. the thing is that and, and the power rangers and the justice league like it doesn't make any fucking sense right but it's cool to read but the problem is is when they keep doing it you are like okay
1: yeah
2: you know what i mean like let, let's let's calm it down just a little bit please
1: Because the and they'll is, go they'll it's... say
2: no and they'll do it five more times
1: Right. Well the thing is is that you do it too many times and people are like, "Oh, another one." And then p- y- y- it does it loses its novelty or that's like element of, "Oh, that's kind of cool," you know.
2: It loses its luster.
1: Yeah. What
2: are you going to do? I still it. haven't read that. I still haven't read that Power Rangers one. <laughs> Speaking of crossovers, <laughs> um <laughs> mm-hmm. What the fuck Hold on, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all, I'm out of it. I'm it, just losing my mind. And you
1: didn't even work today.
2: I know. Um, I'm not even supposed to be here today, anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> Deathstroke um, looks to be intent on reclaiming his mantle as the number one threat to the Teen Titans. Uh, this week, DC revealed that this rivalry will be rekindled in a new crossover storyline called the Lazarus Contract. Um, see, now, this is a crossover that makes sense right. because these characters have history. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, it's almost not a crossover, mm-hmm. to be honest. Right. Um, right, 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 right. As revealed by Comics Alliance, the Lazarus Contract will play out in four comics shipping in May. Titans 11, uh, Titans Teen Titans 8, Deathstroke 19, and Teen Titans Annual, the Lazarus Contract number one. I hate when they do this fucking trying to sell all the yeah. books. Like It's annoying. All four issues will feature covers from artist Mike McCone that combine to form one giant montage of Teen Titans versus Deathstroke goodness. Um, and they show it, and it, it does look pretty fucking dope. Like, it's a full-on it's a full on bit. Like, it's cool. They haven't done stuff like that in a while. Um, the crossover will be written by Dan um, Arbnet, uh, Benjamin Percy, and Christopher Priest with interior art from Brett Booth. Koi uh, Pham, Carlo Pagulayan, and Paul Pelletier, I guess. As the title suggests, the Lazarus contract is meant to harken back to the classic storyline, uh, New Teen Titans, the Judas contract. This time, the contract will revolve around Slade's discovery that the original Wally West has returned. Slade sees that return as an opportunity to bring his son Grant back to life. And he isn't shy about carving a bloody swath uh, through the two Titans teams to get what he wants. DC promises that this crossover will have major implications for all three series, um, with the solicitation for Teen Titans Annual the Lazarus Contract number 1 teasing, uh, quote, what does the future hold for the Titans teams uh, after this game-changing run-in with their greatest enemy? Find out here as we set the stage for the next era of Titans, Teen Titans and Deathstroke. Um, It's also interesting to note that this news comes on the heels of the announcement that Teen Titans, the Judas contract, will be DC's next direct-to-DVD animated movie, It's shaping up to be a pretty huge year for Mr. Wilson and his teenage foes. Um, Yeah, this is going to be a new Teen Titans movie. The Teen Titans animated I usually skip. Yeah. I, I just don't – I can't. I don't know why I can't get into the Teen Titans. I know and, – and I'm not knocking them. I know a lot of people love the Teen Titans, but I just – I just, I just it, it, to me, it's like a group of sidekicks. I just don't care.
1: Right.
2: I've never been keen on sidekicks. Like I don't like Robin. No. You no. know, like stuff like that. I, I just don't – it's whatever. Damien. <laughs> Damien's such a dick. I hate him. But you know what's funny is he was the most well-written one, mm-hmm. but he was still a dick. Right. Like you just didn't like him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Marvel is not wasting their time when it comes to promoting their next event, Secret Empire. <clears throat> Given the fact that they're halfway through February and the Zero issue is expected out in April, there is no time to spare. CBR got an exclusive look at Mark Brooks's cover for Secret Empire, Issue Zero. It has been shared that this event will be the culmination of writer Nick Spencer's work on Captain America Sam Wilson, as well as Captain America Steve Rogers. It even manages to use some threads from the whole Civil War II storyline. In case you haven't been following the series, Rogers is a Hydra agent after Red Skull used a cosmic cube to manipulate his origin. Although the man behind the shield doesn't blindly follow Red Skull, he believes that the Red Skull is only in it for himself and plotting to assassinate the Red Skull to bring the true origin of Hydra back. Tom Brevoort, Marvel's senior vice president, has described Secret Empire Zero as detailing the worst day of the Marvel Universe. Quote, We're not one, not two, but three separate events break out all at once, he told ABC News. Cap, as head of S.H.I.E.L.D., is able to mobilize forces on all three of those situations, and those three situations represent HYDRA's first move. It comes off the block explosively right from the get-go. And it seems that right off the bat of the series, Rogers is finally unmasked as a HYDRA agent and will have repercussions among all the players in the Marvel Universe. Quote, We'll definitely see an impact in our new, younger generation of heroes, Brewer said, and a huge turn for them, a Watergate moment for them. They'll, they will have to grapple with what that means and reset their heroism, he explained. You don't want to be bleak and miserable. You always want to have hope and, and be uplifting. And that's the aspect of this story where the other characters in the Marvel Universe will come together um, to come together for the 0 issue will drop in april and the 9 issue series will continue through august. So,
2: I've been Sounds like it's going to be fun.
1: I've been reading that uh Captain America Steve Rogers and it's actually a really good book. I started when, you know, the the first issue came out and I've followed it since and I've actually been really really um pleased with it cuz you get the whole back the backstory and how the back his origin is supposed to have been rewritten and that you know he's manipulating everybody, and he has a. Uh, and even the the a comic version of the character Eric Selvig from, uh, Thor, the Thor movies is in it and is helping uh, Steve Rogers come together to um, to assassinate the Red Skull. So it's a pretty it's been a pretty good series. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of uh, interested in seeing what happens with, uh, uh, with Secret Empire.
2: Right. I I don't read enough Marvel to really understand what's going on. <laughs> um that, that whole revelation that you just said, um in regards to why he was a Hydra agent, I was like, Oh yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, like, right. oh, I get it now. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's cool. Um, I know, I know, I know a lot of people were upset too. They were yeah. really pissed off that that was even happening. Um, so I, I mean, there was a whole thing online, like people were oh, just yeah. fuck Marvel. I was like, mm-hmm. let them finish the <laughs> fucking story. I know you guys are freaking out. They
1: kind of forget that's what it does, you know? Like they do something like that, so it gets everybody talking about it, and then eventually you're like, oh, that actually turned out to be pretty cool,
2: right? Mm -hmm. Uh, what are you gonna
1: yeah all right and on that note it bring that brings us to the end of the headlines
2: Uh. (laughs) maybe just want to have sex with somebody you know what i mean like
1: get out of my way hey (laughs)
2: Hey. (laughs) all right
1: so our discussion topic this week is um wireless companies are going crazy they're going crazy they're bringing back
2: they don't know what the fuck they want to do these days
1: oh yeah i know it's it's funny because they're bringing back the the plan that everybody wanted to get rid of and uh and here's the thing though is that so what was it late last year i think it was that um T-Mobile brought back their unlimited plan. Right. And it was it was unlimited, you know, but you had the uh, unlimited video, but it was like 480, so it wasn't even HD. And it actually, um, and then you got throttled at a certain, you know, after you got, what I think it was like 26 gigs or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and then it kind of sat for a while and everybody was wondering if anybody else was going to do it. Surprisingly, fucking Verizon's the one that set this whole thing off. Because Verizon was really adamant about getting rid of their unlimited plan. And then they're like, hey, you know what? Guess what? We're going to go unlimited. So, unlimited HD video, uh, 10 gigabytes uh, tether. And if you hit your, if you go above, I think it was 22 gigs, you get um, deprioritized. Not throttled, but if like you're at a tower that's congested, you just get moved to the back of the line. <laughs> um, but um, and that based on region and where you're, you know, where you're getting your data from. Then T-Mobile decided to, oh shit, okay, so this is this is what's going to happen. See, what had happened was is our bank account was set up, um, right, to do this, but see now we're going to go ahead and offer you HD video instead of the standard 480. But we're not defining what HD is, either 720 or 1080. But in your settings, it's going to default to the standard. So you're going to have to change it to HD. Uh, They also do the tethering. And I think they gave you like 20. Yeah, they still had the 26 gigs. And then you get to prioritized. Then, of course, Sprint did their bit, which was a little silly. Because nobody's really talking about what Sprint did. Because everybody's kind of like, eh, Sprint was a little silly. Um, and then, it, and then AT&T decided, oh, we're going to do unlimited, but we're not going to give you tethering. Um, also it's going to cost you a hundred bucks for the first line. Right. So it's like, wow, seriously, dude. Okay. So.
2: And Sprint um, needs to calm down anyway, cause they're fucking, I know right. they're, the, they're, they're not exactly the leader of the fucking pack. You know what <laughs> I mean? I know. Right.
1: So with all of that, that came out. It was like every day somebody else was coming out with something. So Adam and I are pretty much just going to kind of give you a breakdown of all four character of all four carriers, and then, you know, so at least you can have some kind of sense in it. We're actually pulling from a really cool um, article on Gizmodo. So the first breakdown is going to be price per line. So all four carriers offer various pricing per line. Um, Sprint is offering 50 bucks a month for a single line. The price will go up to 60 bucks a month starting March 2017. Sprint charges $40 for the second line, which means the price for two will, is now $90 and will go up to $100 in March of 2018. Sprint is also running a promotion that will give you the third, fourth, and fifth lines of service for free through March of next year. So that means if you sign up now, you get, can get up to four lines of service for just 90 bucks before taxes and fees. However, after March 2018, that price goes up to $30 for the third line, $30 for the fourth, and $30 for the fifth. So, that means that if you have five lines, that price will go from $90 this year to $190 next year. Right. So, so I don't even know why Sprint's even in this at this point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I um, mean, it's true. It's like,
1: wow, really? Um, T-Mobile, though is going $70 for a single line, $30 for the second, and for lines th- and for three lines of service, T-Mobile charges $140 a month, $160 for f- a month for four lines, and $180 for five lines. Verizon will do $80 for a month for a single line. Two lines is $140 a month. Three lines is $160, four lines is $180 a month, and five lines is $200 bucks a month. So if you think about it, for five lines, it's 20 bucks more than T-Mobile. Right. Which is really when you break it, it gives you like 200 bucks. That's like 20 bucks more. Um, AT&T is 100 bucks for the first line. Then costs $40 for each additional line. So two lines is $140 a month. Three lines is $180. AT&T is running a promotion given the fourth line of service for free. So also $180 for a month. But if you want to add a fifth line of service, that's another $40 a month bringing your bill to $220 before taxes.
2: Yay. (laughs) So (laughs)
1: um, according to them, um, their winner in this category is Sprint for a single line, T-Mobile for multi-lines. Also, Sprint has the great promotion right now for multiple lines, but those prices increased substantially in 2018. So buyer beware that the bill you pay now could double in 12 months. Verizon pricing is better than it was for some of its pre-unlimited plans but it is still more expensive than T-Mobile or Sprint. AT&T has the the um, the highest price at a single line and multi-line levels. Personally I don't agree with Sprint being the winner because you're only a winner for a year. Right. I would personally say it's either between T-Mobile and Sprint and that is only dependable on, you know 10 to 20 bucks. Because T-Mobile is offering seventy dollars for a single line, Verizon's offering eighty. Now, the things, the upside to that is Verizon does have better coverage, and that's one. Yeah, that's the one thing that I've always liked is Verizon is expensive, but they have better coverage. And when you're dealing with five lines and it's twenty bucks between one hundred eighty for T-Mobile and two hundred a month for Sprint, I know the two hundred idea where you think, oh shit, two hundred. Oh, but this is one hundred eighty. It's really just twenty bucks.
2: So. Is it though? <laughs> <laughs> just being a dick. Is it though? I mean, I, I just, I just want to bring up the main point as to my interests, because I don't really give a fuck, because I'm on prepaid and I stay that way. I don't really fucking care what anyone's doing, but. The, the, the fact of the matter is is these motherfuckers are out of their minds. <laughs> they have unlimited, and then they make they make everyone feel bad for having unlimited. Like right. they say, oh, you want to keep the unlimited plan? Well, fuck you then. You can't get a new phone unless you pay for it at cost. Right. So kiss my ass. All right, fine. So then people are forced into these plans they don't want, and now they're like, hey, guess what? We have a new unlimited plan you should check out. I would be like, fuck you. <laughs>
1: Well, it's like I did an I did a uh, an article on um, AT and T when I did about their their service going up, and I was like, you know, AT and T has always said that their biggest mistake when they offered data was giving unlimited. But here's my thing though, is that because we have we had AT T Mobile, which was almost going to be bought by AT and T. People remember that, (laughs) that they were going to be bought by AT&T. Then they just kind of reinvented themselves. And then suddenly, oh, hey, we created competition. And so now we have, you know, we have more options. And it's kind of that whole thing of like, you know, this kind of stuff. This is what is beneficial for the customers. Because before that, when everybody was getting rid of their unlimited and you had to pay this and that and the other thing. And then it was kind of like, this is kind of bullshit. And then T-Mobile says, all right, you know what? Sprint couldn't buy us out, so we're just going to say fuck it to everything, and then you can do whatever you want. And then suddenly people started going to that. That changed the game. Right. So I, I think in a lot of instances, you know, it, you know, and, and believe me, you know, John Legere is, is many things, but. You know, he's pretty fucking brilliant with when it came to that.
2: <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just it's just funny to me because. If people haven't figured out yet that these motherfuckers don't give a shit, oh, yeah. then I, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like it's they're. I understand it's a business and they're just trying to make their money but fuck, don't be so blatant about it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, the thing- At least a little chill, you know? Right.
1: Well, that's the thing is, is that, you know, and this comes up with, I was listening to uh, another podcast and they were talking about this stuff and they were talking about the whole uh, data caps and stuff like this. And they're like, see, all of this stuff proves that data caps is bullshit. Like, every to have a data cap, oh, because it reduces congestion, bullshit
2: it doesn't reduce just, shit. all
1: it all it does is it makes you uh, it, uh, it gives you you say oh yeah because it because so many people are using this we have to charge you more when you know you go over this you know we're setting the limits right so
2: it's just an excuse to charge more money
1: oh yeah it's always been
2: the excuse to charge it's money. it's really all it is yeah. like and if people were tricked by that that sucks for you <laughs> you know like it's to be honest, like, and I have AT&T's prepaid, and honestly, it's world's better. There's nothing that the contract one's going to give me, other than the only thing contracts give you now are better phones for cheaper. That that's that's really it. There's there's nothing else. I'm on the same fucking network, you know. So I don't. I just don't get it. I don't fucking get it, Steve. <laughs> you know. Right. So. You guys can keep, keep on keeping on with that bullshit.
1: <laughs> um, so for the uh, data you can actually use, Verizon and AT&T both put uh, 22 gigs as a data limit per line. Op- um, Sprint has an option of throttling at 23 gigs. Um, and T-Mobile says they won't consider throttling your data until you hit 28 gigs of usage per month. Um, let's see. Um Tethering, in case you, you actually tether, which I know some people do, um, Verizon, Sprint, and T-Mobile have included 10 gigabytes of hotspot data with their plans. Uh, T-Mobile and Verizon, if you go past 10 gigs, you'll be put on a 3G gig data, three a- data after that. Uh, that's not great, but it's better than what Sprint does. Sprints will limit you to 2G data speeds if you blow past the 10, tether- 10 gigs tethering limit. Uh, yeah (laughs) two gigs jesus christ um at&t doesn't allow tethering on its unlimited plan unless you have a quote-unquote connected car plan that offers you one gig of data
2: yay yeah
1: um as far as video streaming goes um let's see t-mobile will let you use the t-mobile app to enable HD video, otherwise it defaults to a lower resolution data. Uh, T-Mobile's binge-on plan also means that certain video services, Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, are zero rated and won't count against your data limits. The caveat here is that if you use binge-on, the video quality will be lower. Uh, Sprint's new unlimited plan streams video up to 1080p. Verizon put no limits on the video streaming, but it will count... T- 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 count towards your data cap. AT&T will default to a lower quality streams, 480, for its Stream Saver program, but you can turn that feature off in your settings. AT&T zero rates video from DirecTV now, so if you subscribe to that service, your video won't count against your data caps.
2: Uh-huh. I have that turned on. I don't think it works with the Windows phone though, but <laughs> on AT&T they have like, it just, it just puts it on 480 to save your data. Yeah. Like, I don't know and a lot of people were kicking and screaming about that. I'm like, why is that a bad thing? Well, the, like, you don't need full 4k on your fucking five inch screen.
1: That's the thing. Like, that's the thing I've always kind of, you know, been annoyed with is the fact that, you know When you're dealing with video on a small handheld device, okay, right. maybe on an on a tablet or something like that 720 will look cleaner But on your phone for you don't need anything more than 480. I mean, you really don't notice a difference. I mean, you know, Riker's beard is not going to look so much more, you know, textured in 720 from 480. Doesn't it,
2: though?
1: Okay, maybe that was a bad example.
2: <laughs> Actually, that was a bad example. Okay, so Riker's beard looks amazing in HD. <laughs> I highly suggest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you're
1: look when you're watching Star Trek Next Generation, that's a Riker episode. Make sure you're watching that in 1080. That, yes. that's, just, that's just a hard and fast rule right there.
2: <laughs> hard and fast
1: rule. <laughs> Trust me, it is hard and fast Oh, when you're dealing oh, with Riker's beard. That's right. <laughs> um, so, and other notes that they had on here. T-Mobile's prices include tax and fees. So theoretically, it'll be lower than prices from other characters. You should also note that Sprint's pricing is only apt- applicable for new customers right now. Existing customers should call Sprint to see if the new unlimited features, including Hotspot and HD video, can be added to their accounts. Lame. AT&T and Verizon generally have the best networks, followed by T-Mobile and then followed by Sprint. T-Mobile's LTE speeds are often as fast as those on Verizon, but if you're in smaller areas, you may want to visit the store first to get your sense of their area coverage. And if you're switching from Verizon um, to Verizon from another carrier, make sure your phone has the Verizon radios needed to connect. Uh, most modern smartphones, including iPhones and Samsungs, will. But if you have an older phone, it may lack the radio needed for the Verizon network. And the same is true of Sprint. So check the list to see if this, your existing smartphone will work on Verizon's network. I think because they use the old CMA, CMDA network instead of the...
2: Yeah, Verizon's a real pain in the ass if you um if you overseas. Because I had a lot of people um at my job. We You know, some of us go overseas a bit. Not me, because I don't fucking want to. Um, and they, ha- if they have Verizon phones, they're fucked. Like they have to get a burner phone. Yeah. Because just don't do overseas.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's always been one of the bad things about Verizon is that. But I don't travel much outside the country, so I don't really give a shit.
2: I'm I am uh, well. Oh, I was gonna say
1: a world traveler <laughs> there.
2: Oh, <laughs> you oh, know. oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
1: you Sorry. can't you can't see right now but my pinky is up
2: my penis is up
1: hmm.
2: well Wait, I, I thought that was <laughs> i thought that was a given you know <laughs> right as it is while i'm recording at all times right so yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah so there's your breakdown and all those plans personally i mean t-mobile still has a little bit of a better pricing plan but verizon still has a little bit of a better network um so Sprint and 18, uh, Sprint just don't even bother.
2: T-Mobile is weird. Like they always come out with these innovative things, but everyone's like, oh, that's cute. Like nobody <laughs> fucking cares. You know, I- I'm sure Sprint users care, but they. Well, that's the
1: thing is, is that at, at this particular point, if you're going to t- t- T-Mobile, you're probably already there. Yeah. You
2: know, I mean, I don't, I don't. Well, people aren't really moving around anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I could see is people moving, and I've heard this, too, that if, like, some people move from Verizon to T-Mobile because of the unlimited. But, you know, I, I I know there's some people now that are like, yeah, but, you know, Verizon does have better coverage, and, yeah, it might be a little more expensive, but I can still get unlimited with that. I may go back.
2: You know, so, I don't know. It's just such a pain in the ass to move around these cell phones. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, you do what you got to do. You know, you do what you want when you're popping, as a <laughs> friend of mine says at work. Um, but it's, um, I don't know. I just don't fucking, you know. Like, we know you don't. I, I, really, I really want someone to give me a good reason why the contract plans are better than the prepaid phones. Other than getting a cheaper phone, getting a better phone on a, on a payment plan.
1: Well I think the, the the reason The most of the reason is is that the people do that Because they want the ability to change phones That's really right. what it comes down to I mean I'm And to be honest You know You know I, I You know I personally don't have Or I kind of just like well Cause then if you're like you know if I pay the money To buy the phone then I buy the phone And then use it whenever I need But then it's like well then I gotta You know have this much money to buy the other one For me it's just kind of like you know what Like on the the Samsung device that I have. When I switched over from my iPhone I got upgrade every twelve months, so I only have to literally pay off half the phone and then upgrade to the next one. Now I don't have to upgrade, that's a thing, but you know, it's like, well, if I'm eligible for it, I'll do it. So, you know.
2: And then prepaid, you just buy a new phone.
1: Right, for whatever the hell you want. Yeah, a couple hundred bucks.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just it's just how people view it yeah like i i just don't i don't see i'm not knocking it i just don't see a reason
1: well to me it's it's like well i don't pay anything down unless i want to you know right the you know but we're also
2: we're we're also talking to a person and i'm talking about me that was using linux because i didn't like people telling me how to use my computer like (laughs) i prefer the freedom like i'll pay like my phone's going to be like four hundred and thirty dollars so i'll buy it and then I'm perfectly fine, and I can I can do whatever the fuck I want, right. bitches. Hmm. You know, but I'm a baller too. You know, it's just whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> How's that
1: Windows phone working for you, by the way?
2: Uh, <laughs> why are you fucked up? <laughs> I thought we were friends. I thought we was the homies. <laughs> though. It's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And stay tuned for the uh, the Away Team podcast where you'll get that reference. Yes. All right. So on that note, I mean, to be honest, there's really no, like, you know, people will say, oh, this is a winner, but it really depends. It really depends on what you're looking for. If you want something a little cheaper, regardless of anything, then obviously T-Mobile is the best way to go. If you don't mind spending the extra 10 bucks, 20 bucks, or what have you, um, then... You know, I'd say Verizon's the better one Um, because for me, like, for me, it's like I'm a Verizon user and I never have a problem with connection, you
2: know? Yeah. When I had, when I had Verizon, it was, it was legit. Yeah. Like there was never any issues with it.
1: Yeah. Like I could never not connect to something, (laughs) you know?
2: (laughs) But I also, I I mean, I have, it also, it's very dependent on where you live too. Like Sprint, um, Sprint in LA, I found worked a lot better than here in Phoenix. In Phoenix, it's fucking shit. Like you, you just There'll be entire, mi- like five mile stretches of road where your phone just does not work. Yeah, like it's horrible out here. Um, AT and T is extremely strong here, but I've heard people say from other areas that AT and T sucks. So,
1: I mean, I read it's, it's, I went from, I went from uh, two years ago, I went on a road trip with my girlfriend at the time, up from L.A. to San Francisco, and literally through the stretch, like, above Fresno to, uh, to like, uh, uh, Pleasanton, like, near Silicon Valley. I, I had Pandora streaming the entire time. Like, like a boss. Like, I never had any problems with the connection. So right. like it never stopped to buffer or anything like that. It just kind of, unless what, you know, Pandora does <laughs> where you're sitting there going like, shouldn't a song have started right now? And for no reason, it just is like takes a little extra time, but yeah, like never had an issue.
2: So Verizon is, um, you can't knock Verizon like for, 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 their, for their quality. Yeah. And maybe there's an area in this country where Verizon sucks. I don't know. Yeah. You let me know, you know, <laughs> All
1: right, so I think on that note, we te- might check out our Douchebags of the Week. So my Douchebag of the Week, this is kind of a twisted twisted web here, and this comes from the Huffington Post. So a Florida police chief wants to fire two veteran police officers after an internal affair investigation determined they had sex on the job and sexted each other in uniform. Damn right. <laughs> Jupiter Police Chief Frank Kitz... Kitseroe recommended on Tuesday that sergeants Amy Walling and Jason Van Steenberg be terminated for conduct unbecoming an officer according to the Palm Beach Post. Whaling had been employed by the department for 20 years while Vestenberg had been there for 17.5 years. An internal affairs report alleges that the two officers who were previously in a relationship together engaged in all sorts of questionable behavior. In 2015, Van Steenberg received oral sex from Whaling while on duty and lied about it to investigators, according to the local station WPEC-TV, which, I mean, I mean, maybe he wanted on the down low. I don't know.
2: You know, (laughs) keep it on the down low. You know,
1: (laughs) yeah, you know. Um, according to the inf- internal affairs report obtained by the station, Van Steenberg filmed the sex on Whaling's phone, and she later showed the 23, se- 23 second clip to investigators. Wow, that long? <laughs> That's it? I know, right? <laughs> um, the same year, Van Steenberg took a photograph of himself wearing a SWAT uniform while exposing his penis and sent it t- of the photo to Whaling. Internal fire report obtained by the station said Whaling took a photo of herself exposing her breast while wearing her uniform T-shirt and sent it to Vastingburg. Vastingburg and Whaling started dating in 2012, which which is allowed by the police department. Kurtz, were, Kurtz Rowe told the uh, Palm Beach Post, quote, "We have husbands and wives working in the department. We are not concerned about the relationship. We are concerned about the performance as police officers." Cotswork said. The department became seriously concerned after an April 2016 incident at a local restaurant when Whale, uh, Whaling bit a fellow officer and another person before striking another officer. Wow.
2: You, uh, you out here biting, motherfuckers.
1: Like, come <laughs> on. Uh, the, the disagreement stemmed from a Facebook message Whaling sent as it always does exactly it's always facebook (laughs) (laughs) from a facebook message whaling sent vastingberg's fiance detailing days and times they had sex after he became engaged damn
2: that's fucked up
1: yeah for that she was reduced in rank from sergeant to officer and given a 30-day suspension without pay the jupiter police department had issued a statement saying saying that uh, katsuro recommended terminating both sergeant based on the findings and a thorough internal affairs investigation the release added the actions of these individuals do not reflect the culture or organization values of the jupiter police department waiting well, sure yeah i know right Whaling and Vastinberg and Kitzrow have not replied to requests for a comment from the Huffington Post. The recommendation to terminate both officers has been sent to the Jupiter Town Manager, who will make his decision in March, according to uh, P- WPBF TV. <laughs> never. Oh, sh- that's sexy
2: time. Yeah,
1: never shit where you where you work, man.
2: That's right. I mean,
1: that's that's just
2: that's the that's, cold truth. Especially
1: when your side chick becomes that vindictive, man.
2: And they always do. Yeah, they That's do. what people don't understand.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Side chicks always want to be the main eventually. Yeah. Don't don't get it, don't get it fucking twisted, man. That's why <laughs> I've seen so many people that that they're like, oh yeah, I got a good little situation going on. Yeah, sure you do, buddy. For how long? Let me see. <laughs> yeah, let me see how that works out. The, the The real ones that get it sorted out are the ones that like they do one night stands shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're in it now. You know, I'm not saying that I do, I, I
1: don't cheat. <laughs> They're in and out. Yeah, that's usually and how and it out. works.
2: <laughs> but they don't go for a repeat performance. Right. I don't know. There's this There's this guy at work that he cheats on everything that he dates. Jeez. And um, and he was like, yeah, you know, so look, I'm not judging you. Do what you want to do, you know, but I just, I can't, I can't flow with that. Like if, if you made, I said, it's more about. Like yeah, it's about being committed in a relationship, but to me, it's about making a promise. You prom- if I promise somebody something, I'm doing it. Right. You know, like it, it's just the way the way I was raised, I guess. You know, and I said, and honestly, is sex that important <laughs> that you're ruining everything else just to get off real quick? Like, come on. Right. You know, get your fucking mind right. That's what young people do, not, or, or older people who want to be young.
1: <laughs> I'm not judging you, but
2: I'm judging you. I'm not judging you, but you fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm judging this dude because this. So am I. Dude, I read this one before. <laughs> this is the definition of an attention horn. Like, this person needs attention so bad. A Toronto man. Thank God it's not American. Just just once. <laughs> it's not, you know? I know?
1: Right. And it's not in Florida.
2: <laughs> right. I mean, we we uh, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Canada uh, <laughs> as we see this bullshit. A Toronto man wants a taste of celebrity, and he'll stomach anything to get it. This is on Huffington Post. You know they're going to try to be funny. Right. Uh, Noah Maloney, who Noah Baloney is what it should be. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Noah Maloney who posts YouTube videos under the tasteful and not gross at all moniker of dog shit, (laughs) has vowed to eat a picture of actor Jason Segel every day until the actor returns the, well, you can't really call it a favor. The funny thing about this is, if you're such a fan, I'm assuming he's a fan of Jason Segel, which I don't argue that point, because Jason Segel's hilarious. But if he knew anything about the way jason siegel is in his comedy he would purposely not do it back oh yeah just to see how long he would do it and then he would make if he ever if you know he was a petty man and wasn't busy being successful uh (laughs) jason siegel (laughs) would make videos acknowledging it, and then at the end of the video going but i didn't eat the paper right so keep it up (laughs) (laughs) i I would do that oh yeah Um, Maloney troll,
1: posted, he troll that fucker.
2: <laughs> fuck yeah. Maloney posted his first video on Thursday. I don't know what Thursday is. Figure it out. And he <laughs> spends four minutes and 21 seconds chewing on Siegel's headshot. Huff, Huff Post has reached out to Maloney and Siegel, and Siegel <laughs> to get their reactions. but both have kept their lips sealed thus far. The complete video is above – or the complete video is – it's linked in the show notes. Okay, you, you can get it. Um, but you can watch the best bits on the thing. So you see GIFs on here of him eating – just eating. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing even funny about it. He's just sitting there bit by bit, four minutes long, eating a headshot of <laughs> Jason Segel. A black and white headshot, I might add. Well, which that's, means, that's what a
1: headshot it, is. Headshots are
2: all black and white. They're all in black and white? I mm-hmm. thought they were being in color to make it look fancy. No. Um, <laughs> and then he has, to, he has to drink some water because obviously – He's eating paper. Um, now my
1: his, my question is: Now is he eating actual like photo paper, or is he eating
2: like it doesn't you know, look like photo tw- paper,
1: like twenty pound white paper? You know, or
2: it just looks like printing paper. Hmm. Which technically, I can't I can't account for the ink, but technically, paper is edible. Yeah, it's just it's fiber. That's all it is. It has no nutritional content. It's just fiber. <laughs> don't be
1: using the bathroom after he does, man. I'll just tell you this that.
2: Yes, motherfucker. I but I don't know if the ink is edible. But it's it's um well, it's not designed to be edible, but I don't know <laughs> if it's gonna make him say. Like cardboard paper, you can eat that technically. Um there's actually a story a long time this is in the nineties. I remember seeing it in the paper. Um for for those who are unaware, they used to print news on big sheets of paper. <laughs> um the sorcery you say (laughs) it wasn't even funny though it's just it's really sad and it was just some homeless guy just gave up because no one would give him food he just started eating cardboard that he found and he said he, he i guess another homeless person was he was talking to him and he said he was fine he's full it's perfect he's he's figured it out the secret but he died from male nutrition because yeah, there's, no, there's no
1: nutritional there's
2: no nutritional content yeah. right. Like he, he was probably shitting up a storm, but he wasn't. It was it was sad and just un, uneducated. You know didn't didn't understand. But mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know why I was reminded of that. But this guy um, is not does not deserve pity.
0: <laughs>
2: um, everyone, please go to his videos and just tell him about. No, don't actually don't because that's what he wants. Don't go to his videos. <laughs> don't even view it. It's not even worth it. Right as I click on the link. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see if he has anything else on there. Um he has three playlists. One says one's playlist is Jason Siegel. And it's the him eating pictures thing. He also has the latest one. I guess he's getting a tattoo of Jason Siegel's name. Okay. And then he has two other playlists. One says not Frankie Munez related. And the other one says Frankie Munez related. So basically this is what happens when you get psychotics <laughs> of on, on the internet. And he, um, he has 11,000 subscribers. That's the sad thing. Is he'll probably get like a million subscribers for this. And he'll make all kinds of money.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't like this world. What it's become.
1: See all you need to do to become famous, dude?
2: Be a jackass?
1: Pretty much. You know, just be yourself, basically, but on more of a public forum. Hey. Now
2: you're just being a dick. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's like, yeah. (laughs) Really, I really am. Uh,
1: All right. Well, that is it for this episode please rate and review the show please review the show on iTunes as it helps us out immensely and you can catch our back catalog you can check it out on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio as well as the website thelazygeeks.com follow us on Facebook facebook.com thelazygeeks or search us out on Twitter and Instagram by searching thelazygeeks one word you can find links to our social media hubs through our site thelazygeeks.com you can also find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle aged geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek, or check out my blog themiddleagedeek
2: dot com. You can find me <laughs> in Twitter on Twitter. Um, just hold it down, and that's pretty much it right now <laughs> right. for the time being. For the time being, yeah. you
1: know, yeah. Till he gets out of
2: that Windows phone. Oh, <laughs> why you gotta bring that up though? You know what I mean, like. Don't <laughs> be a dick <laughs> Just saying Don't know any other way
0: <laughs>
1: Alright and be sure to tune in on Friday For our The Away Team Podcast this week's episode Elementary My Dear Data So that is it for us this week So until next time Peace out